And I had a chance to talk to Mark Davis recently, and he's a very caring and thoughtful person who wants the best for his franchise. And the bottom line is Sandra was the best fit for this position and the new culture that they're trying to build within the Raiders. And I hope this is just the beginning, that you see a woman of color in a high-power executive position that deserves to be there because this league desperately needs some more diversity. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from NBA Summer League. It is. It is Cofield and Company here on this Monday from the NBA Summer League here at the Thomas and Mack. You can hear the introductions underway as there is a game coming up in just a couple of minutes. The Battle of Texas, but no Dallas. Houston. A lot of honor on the line. Houston and San Antonio. Jabari Smith playing i would imagine oh you know what i'm glad you mentioned that we did get some big news while we were on commercial break this is the danger of not, not the danger of summer league but i will say this people who invest in summer league before <laughs> it begins whatnot sure uh summer league is over for paolo bancaro Ooh. and for your boy caleb houston done for the rest of the summer league they will not be partaking in any more games magic have seen enough and uh they think that uh their guy's going to be ready to go when the preseason and camps begin. All right, making a note of that for my uh, story for later. Uh, thank you. Good good update because it was going to be a big uh, battle for Bancaro tonight. Yep, Bancaro and Chet Holmgren. Now I'm trying to confirm and see if uh, Holmgren has also been ruled out because the wording of one report made it seem like it, but one uh, another did not say so. But we do know that Paolo is not going to play tonight. We also know that... It, you know, there's been really big crowds here at the Summer League every day. And for those wondering, I think it's definitely all tourists. Yeah, could be. I'll tell you this, if it's tourists or not, uh, it, the crowds are awesome. It's been like, phenomenal. Ye- yesterday, it was like shoulder to shoulder trying to through this place. Well, it I think it, it's, but, I mean, I think it's cool. First of all, I mean, locals should come out and enjoy it. It's a great time. But uh, I, I – was wondering if it's mostly people that come into town for this or if it's locals. And I think we just got our answer during this national anthem because nobody disrespected the anthem by yelling knights. That's very true. So I, I figure it's not locals. Is this the locals. setting to do that? No, they do it at everything. Do they? Yeah. It's kind of a uh, Yeah. It's, it's, yes, they, they infiltrate events and then yell it. And disrespect, and I hope everybody gets the sarcasm of disrespect there. But, uh, yes, you're, you're not supposed Actually, to do yeah. anything during the anthem except for honor the country. So any kind of protest or any kind of interruption is always disrespectful to the anthem in the country. So knights, yelling knights uh, would be that. Can I say really? I know it's, it's football. We have to talk about football. No, we don't. Um, but so we're watching. Uh, it's our show. We can do it. Okay, cool. So we're watching the, the Rockets right now. And two standouts for them. Uh, it actually hasn't been Jabari Smith Jr. Ty Ty Washington's been freaking great so far. In good, he, got, he got good coaching in high school. Why, why, why am I spacing on that? Oh, he uh, his high school coach was uh, Coach Joe. Joe oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I get that reference, but I don't yeah. really remember it. Uh, and Terry Eason at LSU has been really good for him. I thought you were saying Christopher. No, 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 no. He was good the, the he game was. I watched. He was, but I, Terry Eason's been pretty impactful. So just pointing it out because we get to watch him here. Also, Josh Primo, who uh, had a really good game in the first game of Summer League, is not playing here for the San Antonio Spurs health and safety protocols, so we don't get to watch him. Oh, boy. See if that spreads around yeah. uh, here. Hopefully not. Uh, but it is, I mean, you know, we can do whatever we want, but it is football frenzy, so let's get to it. <laughs> you want to talk about Dacian Knicks? 
Las Vegas kid? No? Sure. A big feature <laughs> on him and yep. the, uh, the RJ today. Oh, I got to sure. read it. I didn't write it. I'm saying somebody did. I'm just going to support it. Sure. I, 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 uh, I'm a subscriber. There you go. Check it out. I, uh, I, did, I did a feature uh, last night. Oh. Uh, on uh, James Wiseman and his impact and, and what they wanted to see out of him and talk to him a little bit after the game. He's very uh, – I, I, I'm trying to phrase it. It's obviously a brief interaction talking to him after a game. Wiseman, that is? Yeah, yeah. but really, I really liked him. Okay. Interesting. I, I kind of – I don't know what I expected from him. Yeah. But, you know, you just sometimes in a brief interaction you get either a really positive, really negative opinion of somebody. I, I really liked him. I thought he was – Open and honest, and said, you know, not, again, nothing earth shattering. It's not like he was, uh, you know, hilarious or anything like that. Just, just an enjoyable conversation after the game last night. So, uh, good story. Hopefully, yeah. James Wiseman can play. And by the way, didn't shy away from uh, when he was asked about uh, potentially being traded. And hey, are they just trying to get you healthy to trade you? Nice. Uh, and he said, "Look, I get it. It's a business. Yeah. Like he's like, all I do is play basketball. Wherever, wherever they tell me to play, that's what I'm going to play." But it's a business, and I get that. The other night, you and I got to uh, stand in a scrum with Paolo Bencaro. He was also very uh, engaging. I was in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, again, as you said, he's – there's – is it – is this uh, – all I'm seeing is breakaways in this game right now. I mean, it's summer league. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just going to be turnovers or breakaways. Oh, wait, we were doing football. Really bad shots. And I, I, I will say, like, I do – and you and I both enjoy the sport of basketball very much. Um, you know, you watch college more than I do. I watch more NBA than you do. But like basketball in general is just—it's—it's it's fun. It's a fun sport to watch, even yeah. like a level like this where it's more developmental. And we'll see some of these guys. Dude, I was watching pickup games on TikTok yesterday. <laughs> Dude, I love with the live, the live videos. There's one guy that I stumble on on my TikTok live. He's always in a park and he's trying to hit like overhand hook shots from half court. And it's just him, and I just watch him for like 15 minutes, and it's almost like every single night. I found some like older street baller. He's, he looks like he's about fifty. Yeah, got a gray little gray beard. Uncle Drew. And he, he, no, it's not. But he's, he's legitimately an older guy. But he'll just kind of play and not get the ball. And just stand there and say, "Okay, okay," and then finally get it, and then just t- completely destroy somebody off the dribble and <laughs> throw down a dunk. <laughs> just, it's hilarious. I don't know why it's so funny. It just is. Uh, but that's what we do. Okay, I'm trying to get us back to football. I just remember. I just keep bringing stuff up. Yeah. I know it's fine. Uh, did you see the Derek Carr jumper? No. Oh, at the uh, – hold, hold on. All right. So Derek Carr was playing the uh, Tahoe Celebrity Tournament. Uh, famously, there's that there's that basket on – I think it's – I don't remember what hole it is. 17 maybe. I'm not sure exactly uh, what hole it's on. But as you stop by, you, uh, you toss up a jumper. And Derek Carr, it's – I will say – Where did I find this? Uh, his Instagram has it. Okay. I don't know if it's oh, – uh, I'll, I'll get it for you okay, while, okay. We're, uh, while we're sitting here. Uh, but he must have been playing with Kyle Lowry. Because it's Derek Carr hits a jumper, yeah, and it's it's pretty good. And then Kyle Lowry takes the same jumper, and he shoots it like it's a half court shot. Oh, poor! Like he has to really fire it out there, and he makes it too. So they made back to back shots. But I'll get your uh, your thought on here. Just uh, ruined it, I think, by uh, starting it too early there. All right, so that, interesting, that's pretty. Technique. Good okay. follow through. Not great form, but yeah. it might be farther than you think. Because watch Kyle Lowry do the same shot, and he shoots it like it's a like it's a half court yeah. shot, and he makes it too, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. The crowd goes wild. It was fun. It's an interesting shot. Like it's definitely a far shot because like the way he wants to get power behind it, 
I, I don't think that would be his normal jump shot. Yeah. Right? That's what, my, like, my first thought was his form was bad. Because he, like, for those who obviously can't see it, he's, like, down at his waist where he begins yeah. and, like, really hoists it up. So impressive shot for DC. I think uh, he finished 21st, 21st or 31st, I think 21st in the tournament. So good performance Not the by 21st him. best quarterback in the NFL, though. That's for good, sure. Good work, John, getting us back on track. Uh, ESPN put out a list. It was hilarious to see the comments on this because – all these people on social media were like, your list sucks. Your list. It, it was it was voting of players and personnel people in the NFL. So it wasn't the person that posted the list. It wasn't their list. It wasn't their opinion. Yeah. It was a vote that was tabulated and, and figured out. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think we have Ryan Clark speaking about one of the notable absences from the list. Lamar is what the Ravens do. That's That's why it's mind-boggling to me that he's not in the top ten. He's not a system quarterback because he is the system. I have a feeling that the Ravens feel like me searching for gas. And that's driving around, and I look, and I'm like, oh, I got a half tank. I'm just going to wait a little bit. It'll it'll be the same price. And then they look, and they go, dang it, I should have filled up yesterday. And he's going to get paid now. And the price price. has gone up. Okay. I mean, I kind of get the analogy. Yeah. I I, I mean, they're they're stretching a bit. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, you get it. You get what they're saying. Uh Lamar Jackson not being on a top ten quarterback list to me is preposterous. It really I mean, is. So I I understand both sides of it because here's the thing, what we say in sports betting all the time, betters remember what they saw last, and media members are going to remember what they saw last. And what we saw from Lamar Jackson down the stretch of the regular season was terrible. He was not good. He was turning the ball over. He was taking sacks. He wasn't comfortable. It was some of the worst football that Lamar Jackson has played of his career. I don't think that's hyperbolic. I think it's true, right? Yeah, they had no, all the running backs were hurt, yeah, and, and then, yeah. Some of it's on him, though. Like I even sure. pulled, like, PFF's grading system. They account for all that stuff. His was it's the last five games. He didn't grade higher than a 67. Like, that's not yeah. good. And I think he was playing through injury and then finally had to absolutely shut it down. So, like, I, what I'm saying is I understand how he doesn't make it because voters just remember what they saw last. But I also understand where someone like you or where Ryan Clark would come from, which is it's the larger sample size. He had one relatively poor season. But the other two seasons, which we have seen, one was an MVP caliber type year. Well, the he other, won the MVP. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and the other was 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And what he added on the ground, he was fantastic. And, again, this was voted by coaches, players, and executives, uh, top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, Aaron Rodgers voted number one. To which I saw a comment that said, this list already is, is stupid. Aaron Rodgers is number one. He's the two-time back-to-back MVP winner. We have not had an MVP not named Aaron <laughs> Rodgers for two years. Since Lamar Jackson, right. by the way. Uh, so I, I don't have a problem with Aaron Rodgers. One, Mahomes two, Josh Allen three, Tom Brady, Burrow, uh, might be a stretch, Stafford, Herbert, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. So... All three of the Raiders' divisional opponents have their quarterbacks in the top eight on this list. Derek Carr not on the list. I know people are upset by that. I think we've consistently said Derek Carr is around 12. I think that's about right. I don't have a huge problem if you put him maybe 10. But you also have to say, who, who do you put him ahead of? And I know I've seen people say Dak Prescott. But, again, this is coaches, players, and executives that are voting for this. So don't attack the person that wrote the story. They're writing about what the votes were. That's all they were doing. So look at – Look at what you're arguing with before you make these arguments. And, again, we talked about it earlier. This is the one month that the NFL is off. So there's going to be content. There's going to be things like this uh, put out. The NFL, NFL.com, had, like, a like a, a league draft, essentially. So, like, they 
what they did was they had writers draft current players for teams and like the first 15 selections were obviously quarterbacks and i'm like what's the point of an exercise like this like other than (laughs) we're desperate for content and and can i also say i think the first pick was was uh tom brady get out of here why would you pick him in a draft he's 45 well it's like and they said it like it's win now you gotta win next season i don't care i'd still rather have Aaron Rodgers. any kind of draft it would not be for one season that's not what you would do i've got a non-football question for you oh boy okay so um here at the summer league (laughs) you see a lot of you see a lot of basketball people right so like the other day when i was sitting up there in the media uh, ben simmons watching the game courtside Uh, a lot of kids see him and so he goes over to the corner right there and he's signing autographs for all the kids who want him right you know who just commanded a gathering of oh. autograph hounds? Oh, no. And I think he's a really good coach. But it's just not a guy that I would want his autograph. Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> no, I'm with that. But, like, when I picture people clamoring for autographs at, like, the Summer League, I don't think Mike Budenholzer moves the needle. You know he what does I mean? for me. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to call, call a, a take foul on you on this. <laughs> this one, one shot in the ball. I think he deserves every single autograph that he signs. I think he's a good coach, but I just think coaches in general, like there's not unless they're former players, right? Like Jason Kidd, you can understand, right? Like Darvin Ham yesterday, there was a big, yeah, uh, that's true, a big, you know, upper, well, there's a lot of Lakers fans here, so you make you right. that would that would make some sense for sure. Uh, also, I randomly heard him say he does not like sitting on sidelines unless he's coaching. Okay. So he was uh, up in the crowd, and then he went to sit in the media section for a while. Uh, he didn't want to sit on, like, a sideline seat. Do you think Mark Dagonalt's like, everybody's like, Mark, over here. You give me 10 bucks if you even tell me who Mark Dagonalt is. Yes, I think I think people are <laughs> Actually, for the this is where I feel like you with Brad Underwood. I would love to meet him. <laughs> of course, awesome. of course. I think he's so good. Uh, Coach Brad, I know. Me, yeah. and, me and Coach Brad go way back. Had some long conversations uh, back in the day. Uh, I'll tell you who would command a big presence. A big autograph-seeking group if he was around. Uh, Ryan Hollins. Hopefully, talk to him yeah. next. Try to catch up. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Now, back to Cofield & Company. Live from NBA Summer League. It is Cofield & Company. Hill and his homies edition. From in the Thomas & Mack Center, we are watching... A summer league game right now. Spurs 17, Rockets 15 late in the first quarter. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on out here. Some of the action and some of the standout performers. Again, uh, several guys that have been ruled out for the rest of the tournament that will uh, keep updating that list as well as we've seen some uh, solid performances from a bunch of those guys. But we want to talk to a good friend of the show, Ryan Hollins. You can follow him up on Twitter at TheRyanHollins. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much. We're uh, enjoying the summer league. I, I, we, we've been talking about this a little bit, but I want to get your, get your take too. Did you ever foresee the summer league getting to the point that it is where we're seeing full arenas, both arenas, every single day? This is crazy. Yeah, I could kind of see a gathering there. Uh, I remember playing in one of the first uh, Vegas summer leagues when it, it started back, and it ended up being in, in a, a real event. And you guys remember, you guys know this a couple of years back, Lonzo Ball, you know, when he first yeah. got there, it was a it was a big deal. So you can kind of see the growth and once the TV deals get behind it and, you know, people are jonesing for basketball all year long, it's been really a, a good thing. And, you know, one thing, too, with social media, you're starting to see these kids, they're, they're megastars from, from the high school rankings on. 
uh, actually saw LeVar Ball yesterday signing autographs here. Did you get one? The, <laughs> no, I did not get an autograph from him uh, here. So even even the fathers of players are signing autographs here at Summer League. Just a cool hangout uh, for everyone. Wait, but, wait, wait. Hold on. Ryan, i got to interrupt Adam really quickly because I have an important question that I just asked Adam. Do you expect head coaches to garner autograph lines? Because we were just watching Mike Budenholzer. Like, people were clamoring for him. Kids were clamoring for him. I was really surprised. I, I feel like coaches are not, like, attractive autograph seeks. No, they are, man. And you got to think, if you're going to Vegas Summer League, you're a diehard fan, or there's an intriguing type of fan that doesn't get to see the NBA games all yeah. the time. And this is their chance to kind of be in the arena and see these guys before they hit the big stage. So it's a really cool place where people can interact. But, yes, to answer your question, you know, everybody's a celebrity. You're a hoop head in there, man. It's 120 degrees outside, and you're in there watching – you know, a couple couple rookies and guys not making the team play. So, you know, there's there's a lot of diehards there. The voice of uh, NBA veteran Ryan Hollins. Also, big three, right? You're uh, still playing some ball a little bit. Yep, yep, yep. Still at it, man. Trying trying to stay young. <laughs> yeah, trying to still still grinding out there. Uh, you mentioned you know seeing some of the rookies and seeing some guys. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask this in two parts because it cracked me up the other day. I just told the story to John before you came on. But I was sitting down at Media Row, and one of the media guys who I don't know who he is, I've never seen him before, you know, a lot of media people here are just, you know, they have blogs or whatever they have, and he tapped one of the executives on the shoulder, and I didn't know who this guy was either, maybe a scout, and he said to him, after one quarter, one quarter of an NBA Summer League game, I told you Jabari Smith sucked. It made me laugh so hard, but really, what can we learn from the Summer League? I mean, obviously we're not going to know if a guy's good or not, but, like, what are we trying to watch and how ridiculous is it to start making judgments on a guy in one quarter? Well, you look at the physical attributes of the guys. You can see how big they are, how fast they are, how they move. Um, there's a, a couple takeaways. Hey, I remember watching Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and the way they played. It wasn't like they were monsters in Summer League, but I'm like, oh, these guys are going to be special. They're, <laughs> they're, they're tall, they're fast, they're athletic. Like Boston has something good going on there. So there, there's a lot of reads and in, in takeaways. And then sometimes – you know, that's where the talent scouting comes into play. You'll see a guy, per se, you know, Kyle Kuzma just tearing up summer league, and you're like, you know, he's a pro, but he may not be an all-star because he's got a, he's got a high IQ. So sometimes the high IQ guys are going to have their, their run there at summer league. So you kind of try to temper your expectations. It's a little trickier than I can explain in the first five minutes, but, you know, you can evaluate, you know, certain talent that you see. So what about – so we always get hyped up, right, because of the, these are the rookies. These are the top picks that we get to see for the first time. But what about when you see guys who are going into, like, their second years? You know, for example, one dude I've been really impressed with is Quentin Grimes. Like, when you watch him on the court in this summer league, he looks like he's the best player out there. And that's at least got to be a takeaway, right, like a big positive, like, hey, this guy has been grinded down in a first NBA season. He's looked okay in those, year, in those minutes, and now here he is in a developmental setting, and he looks like he's the best player on the court. That year in the NBA really helped him out. Absolutely. So, all right, if, if a guy gets in and he plays, right, and he's tearing things up, at worst he's a rotational guy in the league. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a rotational player in the league for the most part is going to tear up summer league. Now, it can be a little more intriguing with big men sometimes. Hey, man, just play some defense and rebound, and they, you know, they can squeeze into an NBA game. But, you know, that rotational guy for the most part is going to, you know, tear stuff up. And then, you know, some rookies, you know, may average 20 points in summer league, but, hey, you know, they're getting plays run for them that won't be run in the regular season. Yeah. 
but definitely definitely something to check out. Uh, I know uh, you've done you've done some uh, broadcasts with the uh, with the Rockets right here on the on the TV uh, broadcast. We're watching Jabari Smith right now. What is what's the the early thoughts on him? I know uh, we joked about that first quarter, but he's he's looked okay. I, I think he's looked fine. I, I think there's some reason to be excited about him. He's looked amazing. You yeah. you got to understand. You have Kevin Porter Jr. And, and Jalen Green. You, you got those two guys and Josh Christopher on the bench. Alpron Shingun who's going to get touches on the block. You have scoring. The Rockets needed defenders. They needed to get more athletic. And they needed shooting. Jamari Smith is shooting the ball at a high clip. He's got a high release. He's long. He's athletic. He's something dynamic that the Rockets haven't had. He's a perfect fit. He's doing his job. So are you going to try to get him scoring more and you know, get him more involved in the offense? Absolutely, but he's playing his game. There's a value that guys that hit open shots, stretch the floor, and then play defense, and that's what Jabari's bringing to the table. I know uh, I know he's gone, but we have a lot of interest in a, a former local, uh, Chris Wood, who played at UNLV. Obviously, uh, his signing him turned into some real good assets uh, for, for the Rockets. What, what, what did you think of his season and, and how he's really transformed himself into a good NBA player? Yeah, I, I listen, man, just, just getting reps, getting out there. He fits the new NBA. He can shoot threes, and then he can, you know, he, he rebounds well, and he finishes well at the cup. He's extremely athletic and long. So that's the big thing about today's NBA, and I think it, it just goes to show, too, that when the big guys get skilled and are hitting threes and putting the ball on the deck, the quicker that, that, that gap catches up, the centers will be back in the NBA. And we kind of see it already with Embiid and, and Jokic and, you know, Christian success that he's had, but more of those guys are going to start to pop up. I also thought, Ryan, like it, it kind of speaks to like the developmental curve of some of these guys, right? There's so many times where after a few years, you know, 19, 20-year-olds are deemed busts or not good players when really it just takes some time for these guys to develop. Christian Wood, I mean, we remember the picture of him on draft night, dejected, upset, and then here he is, you know, getting traded for one of the, you know, a good rotational player in the NBA. Sometimes development's a little bit slower for some of these guys, and you shouldn't punt on some of them right away because that development can come along a little bit slowly. Yeah, yeah, guys get stronger. Uh, and like I said, it's all about fit. You know, if, if, if you're a tall guy that can guard multiple positions and you, you kind of fit the mold, you know, in the past it was like, hey, is he seven feet? Okay, we're going to take him. You know, hey, is he six ten and strong to play power forward? We'll take him. Like, you got to look at the guys that fit the mold, and they're going to get the opportunity. So Christian is a bit of a unicorn. There's not many with his skill set, so that's why it may have took him a little while to develop. But he's going to get an opportunity because there's a need for guys like him. There's still a drought for you know six eleven seven footers who can run the floor and do the stuff he does. You just talked about the uh, the return of the center. Uh, what have you thought about Chet Holmgren? I love the the narrative of oh he had a great game he's going to be amazing oh he got pushed around for you know, two, two possessions on defense and now he's going to suck like the overreactions are hilarious but uh, what have you thought about him? He's a boomer bust pick and <laughs> you couldn't see it as any more than those first two games right you know yeah. uh, you see him blocking shots you see him kind of getting put in the rim and and then you see him hitting threes and kind of playing all over the court you know but I see the way he covers ground defensively. He's going to get a chance to grow and learn at OKC. He has, a, I mean, a skill set that's out of this world. So you got to be excited for Chet Holmgren, and, and it may take some time. You know, I, I don't think Chet is a center. You know, he's ultimately a power forward. And yeah. to me, I, I never look at weight and say, hey, man, this guy can't play in the league. I look at core. I look at strength and, you know, like to call it the skinny man strength. So if he can develop skinny man strength, who cares about the weight? He'll, he'll be just fine. 
Uh, the last guy I want to uh, get your thoughts on, and I don't know if you uh, saw the game last night, but James Wiseman actually played, and that's the big story, that he was on the court, uh, got 19 minutes. They were trying to play him in five-minute spurts. Uh, but he looked comfortable defensively, uh, communicated well. That's what the, the coaches said they wanted from him, and he did that well. What, what does having a guy like James Wiseman potentially back and healthy do for that Warriors roster? It's scary. It's scary for the Warriors, and you hope that he can pan out and, and play well. I think is what they've really been missing. But, you know, they get some length and athleticism in that lineup. Uh, it, it definitely could be scary. But I, you, you got to love Wiseman. And I think people forget, man, how nimble he is for his size. He's really an intriguing product. But, you know, Golden State, the, the rich just find a way to keep getting richer. For sure. Well, Ryan Hollins, we always appreciate it. Great stuff, as always. Great breakdown of a bunch of players that we're seeing. Uh, follow my Twitter, for sure, at the Ryan Hollins. Anything else people should be uh, checking out that you're doing? Uh, man, check check out uh, the, the Rockets this season, man. We, we need some <laughs> more Rocket fans. You guys hop on board before we blow up again, all right? So there you go. That, there you that's go. what you got to look out for, man. Looking good today, for sure. So uh, we'll check that out and uh, follow him up on Twitter. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Ryan Hollins, always always great stuff. He is uh, he's absolutely right. Uh, Jalen Green, like like the last thirty games or so, was so freaking good in the NBA and did not get enough credit for it because you know Rockets weren't really winning any games. But him with uh, Jabari Smith here, it's going to be pretty good. I can't wait. Yeah, for sure. And uh, summer league games going on right now, as we said, Spurs and Rockets in action. And uh, more games throughout the day will get you uh, up to date on what's going on. If you want to get out here uh, to the summer league and check it out, we'll come back. Oh, man. There's a lot of directions we can go in Fat Pack, but one is really going to make me mad. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and company. Please don't talk about me when I'm gone. Oh, honey, though our friendship ceased it from now on. And listen, if you can't say anything real nice. Back here, Cofield and Company, live from the NBA Summer League at the Thomas & Mack. It's a lot of, we, we like to talk about during uh, this portion of the show what, you know, what day it is. National Pasta Day or National French Fry Day. Things is it like a day? That. It's always a day. There's several. Uh, National Blueberry Muffin Day. Today? I'm down. Blueberry muffins are solid. Like I don't like actively seek them, but They're if you're to tell me like, "Hey, here's a blueberry muffin," I'm like, "No, thanks." Especially with a nice crumb like topping, solid. You know, it's really good. You know what you do? You can do this with any muffin. I think you know where I'm going with this. Especially if it's big enough. Take your your butter knife. You cut three slits into it, and you take slabs of butter and you put them in there, and then you microwave it. So the butter melts throughout the entire muffin. Boom. Delicious. Did you, did you see? I, don't, I mean, I'm just, I was going to go to something else, but uh, when you talk about weird ways to prepare food, did you see the lady that cooked the steak on the, on her, in her car engine today? No. I think it was on TikTok. It was I mean, in Vegas. I know about that. Like, she wrapped it in foil, right? Wrapped in foil, okay, put good. the steak on the engine, and then drove around for 40 minutes. I mean, I feel like that'd still be kind of like exhausty tasting. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, you could do it. It looked fine. Yeah. Now, I had some suspicion that maybe they just cooked it and then put a right. new steak in you there. Cut it, yeah, cut the video. Possibly. I don't know. But, uh, Have you ever cooked an egg on, like, the sidewalk? We, John, we do it every year at the RJ's. Do you it's really? A, oh, yeah, it's a video that does very well every year. Do you really? Every year. You got to try this. Yeah. Do you go pan or do you go 
Do you put it straight on like the asphalt? I think they do it on the. I think they do it in a pan. Put okay. a pan on the asphalt. Uh, I don't know if I like that. You don't want to cook it on the asphalt. You but can't the, eat it. I mean, the whole point. I mean, waste one egg. Like the whole point is to see how hot the asphalt actually is. Using a pan, pan can soak up heat here's a little bit better. Here's the thing. You're, you guys are lying, essentially. Well, here's the thing. I, I know we do I, it every year. I thought you were journalists. I don't, I don't watch it every year. Oh, okay. It's like, I could be wrong. I highly recommend everything we do, of course, but I don't always watch it. I watched it one time a couple of years ago. I thought you read every article every day. I do. Sports articles, yes, but not all the other. I mean, I try to get as much as I can, but I, we have so much content. For our subscribers, John, it, it, you can't even get through it all in a day. Uh, look, all i got to say is, as a subscriber to the RJ, I get the whole mantra, if it bleeds, it leads. The front page is depressing as hell sometimes. Can we mix it up sure. a little bit? Sure. There was a, there was a teaser, I think, to uh, my uh, Rock Yassin feature, your, yeah. old, yeah. your old guy yeah. in the yeah. Colts. We had that on the front page. Yep. Teased it in my story inside. Uh, so we do have some stuff. Okay. It's also <laughs> National Mojito Day. You know, I've never had a mojito. I don't think I have either. Yeah, I don't like. We're I've not, never. It's because we're not Cuban. Yeah, I've never had a. A mojito? No, I've never had one. I will vow. I will be a. I will be on another tropical vacation this week. Yeah. I will vow to have one. Okay. You tell me how it is. I'll, I'll report back. I okay. usually do like a mai tai or like you know. I'll, I've never I'll had a very, mai tai either. I do. I just do very exotic beach. Not exotic, but you, very beachy drinks. When you, I'm you know what I've really wanted is. Um, is it the drinks they sell in New Orleans? What the hurricane? Yeah, the big red oh. like. Yeah, that was good. Oh, yes, but you won't remember that it was good. I was gonna say they mess you up. Oh yeah, because there's so much sugar. It's it's literally all sugar. Yeah, I got. But it's amazing. Got to tell you, you know, I had a really good drink the other day at her our, our, our friends at uh, Born and Raised, a spicy margarita. Okay, amazing. I'm sure it's great because they make it. Margaritas are fantastic, but I'm it's, it's too spicy. No, it's great. I don't like spice. Now they they only the only. Adjustment I would make it is a little a little tahine on the rim would have been great. <laughs> okay, uh, it is also it's not tajin. Okay, do you tajin? Do you know? I know that it's it's Monday. Yes, it is. But do you know what the date is? All day. Oh, don't do this. What? You know what Isabel alleged this morning? What? My wife. You know. I hope she's not listening to mock her. Doing her voice. <laughs> you know. I woke up at 7-Eleven this morning. I'm like, no, what? you didn't. What? I'm like, no, you did not. Stop. Why? Why? Why are you? Why don't you just say what she said? You don't have to do her voice. I don't know. Look, <laughs> she's. A, that's the part that's gonna I love, get you in trouble. I love my wife to death. Like, you know, take a bullet for a lover till, till death was part. All that stuff. But like, she's one of those that she's like, hey, 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 it's 7-Eleven, and I'm like, okay. Well. So I've started doing it to her at random times. I'll go, hey, it's 823. <laughs> That's your jerk. Now, isn't she basically spending most of her days with tiny children? Yeah. But she has to come up with things to no, talk about No, she's been like that since the day I met her. I was trying to defend her. No, no. There's also. There's going, only so many conversations you can have with a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Going back, to our, going back to our conversation about social media follows and unfollowing people because they tweet too much. There is a media member that I follow uh, that covers the Toronto Raptors that tweets out every time it's Seven Eleven. No, he doesn't. Yes, she does. Are you gonna <laughs> every time? Are you going to go get your free Slurpee? Uh, I mean, now that you have reminded me, 
probably for the kid. I don't know what the process is, though. It might I be think over. it's just free. I think it's just a free, like, Just small. walk in and take a Slurpee? Yeah. I mean, dude, the other day. You actually, don't have to tell him. You just walk in and walk out. 7-Eleven guy came up clutch the other day. He goes, I walked in, and they were having, like, the special where if you have, like, a, uh, you know, the rewards or whatever, if you have a reward, you get free Slurpee. Like, as many free, I don't think it's as many, but, like, you can get, you know, I got two, right? And he goes, you have rewards? I'm like, nah. And I hits it a number. He goes, those are free. I'm like, oh, all right, thanks, man. That's good. I mean, you definitely mix all the different flavors of Slurpee, right? No, I do not go in that route. I'm purely a cherry Slurpee guy. Oh, or so the, the the most I will mix is I will go obviously cherry and Coke. Whatever they have, you mix all of them. No, that's how you do it. Sometimes it's like it's like berry, banana, Mountain Dew, cherry. Like, nah. Same thing applies to, to frozen yogurt. No, How many ever I, they have, you throw them all in. I go themed. Like, I can't. Like, if it's – I'll go, like, chocolate nut theme, fruits. Okay. But I'll never – like, you'll never catch me with, like, an original tart and chocolate in my yogurt cup. It just can't happen. Uh, I'm, I'm saving the sandwich thing. We'll, we'll talk okay. about it later. Right. Uh, that's what I was going to make me mad. Uh, a chef is being crushed on social media for turning a Happy Meal. Yeah. With just basically fries and nuggets into a pasta dish, I call. I say this is this is like ingenuity. It I is. applaud it. It's also, by the way, this is a hundred percent a Steve Cofield thing. That he would get mad about oh, it. No, no, he does this. Oh, so what? If, if, no, he does not. He takes a, a kid's meal and makes it into tortellini. I'm not saying specifically this. I'm saying if. If you and me and Steve were to go out tonight for dinner. Okay. and never, It would never happen. I know, but you say he ordered chicken fingers, and he has one and a half chicken fingers left. That will definitely be incorporated into the meal the next night at his Right, house. but like, it'll be incorporated because he'll put it between two slices of bread and call it a sandwich. No, no, no. He will, he'll cut it up and put it into like a salad or but like. That's, that is nowhere near the same level that we're talking about here. But he he does like, for do example. These so, so do I get credit for sometimes if like, for example, if I have leftover chicken. Right, like from a rotisserie chicken, I will take said chicken, chicken, shred, shred it up, and put it on a sandwich with mustard and mayo, and that's a sandwich. Sure, I mean, yeah, with rotisserie yes. chicken. I'm telling you, I can't remember the specific examples. Steve absolutely does things like this. I don't believe it. I'm flat out calling you a liar. I don't believe it. All right, you're doing. It. Listen to the press box tomorrow morning. <laughs> Steve tries to call me out. I don't understand cooking and recipes and things enough to know what he's done, but he's done these things. Can I? I, I will just say because this lady's getting crushed. Uh, for first off, in defense of the woman who got a kid's meal and made the chicken nuggets and sweet and sour sauce and apple pies into, like, a fancy meal, right? Um, first off, I'm not a professional chef, okay? I don't understand f- flavor profiles like some of these chefs do. I thought it was extremely lazy because the filling of the tortellinis was literally just ground-up chicken nuggets uh, yeah. and ground-up apple pie. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like... <laughs> Do those go together? Are you just doing that? Right? And then the guy filming it when he eats it, this is a 10 out of 10. Like, oh, yeah. Because you're not going to film that and go, wow, this sucks. This right. is a 1 out of 10. Oh, it's, yes. and the, I mean, But the outrage is too much, I feel like. Yes, I would agree with you. It's somewhat lazy, but it, the outrage is too much. Well, also, if she's you watch. She's trying something. If you also watch the video, there's leftovers. Like, she just played it a small amount. Yeah. That's how fancy food works. Of course. It's. Don't get mad. Don't let these things get you angry. Some of you have never been to a seven-course meal like I have, and it shows. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> with a $77 wine pairing. <laughs> okay. What would you pair with a chicken nugget, apple pie, tortellini? What kind of wine? I got no shot. It's I don't white know. for sure, right? No, do you know what I learned during that seven-course meal? That there's a wine between red and white, and it's like an amber-colored wine. And it was actually really good. What are you supposed to pair it with, though? They gave it to us with duck. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, I will uh, I will try to do I, – I know zero about wines Ooh. or pairing wines. Can I, I know we got to get – can, can, can okay. one last point on this really quickly? So whatever you want. I because care. I don't – I'm not – look, I, I'm not Italian. My dad claims we are, but I think it's like one of those things that white people do. It's like, we got Italian blood. You know what I mean? We don't really know. Totally. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah she called in the video – she was calling them tortellonis, and I've always called them tortellinis. I've always said tortellini, too. Maybe tortelloni is the proper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that we're not getting it right. Okay. I but look we also, up. like, you probably say mozzarella. I say mozzarella. Not ever since. Mozzarella. Yeah, ever since Steve corrected me. Not every time I say it, I go mozzarella. Or the gabagoo. The prosciutto. The prosciutto. Yeah, I mean, it's, come on. Just say the normal thing. It's fine. And pair your wines with whatever, whatever you want to. I don't think it's, especially if it's chicken nuggets and french fries and apple pie in your tortellon. The tortellon. Tortellonis. That's, <laughs> Sounds like a kid's meal. It's ridiculous. All of it's ridiculous. Uh, the Summer League's not ridiculous. It's awesome. We're here. Uh, lots of great action going on throughout the evening. And get into some betting talk next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Back here, Cofield and Company closing things out in this hour. Our favorite gambling story of the day not going to happen until the end of the Big Five. I'm very excited about that one. But there is some other news and notes going on in the world of gambling. And Yahoo today did a big write-up, Frank Schwab, uh, on draft betting and particularly the markets for the number one pick the last couple of drafts that we've seen. I made the case the other day on the show, and I'll get I'll get your take. I, d- I think they should just stop taking bets on the drafts. What? Stop? Why? Yeah. Because they're, it's clearly fixed. I don't think it's clearly fixed. Fixed is not the right word. It's because nobody's it's an informationally it. It's an information-based event. That's being shared by people within organizations with people to make bets that have more information than but, people. And, and you're not – there's no – like – in the case of in the case of fixing games, there is there is something you have to do that does a, does affect you know your your livelihood. That's what, like you'd have to actually lose a game or shave points. There's something about that that is very slimy that this discourages people from doing it. That they don't feel the same sliminess about giving people knowledge like this. But so here's here are my argument would be. So first off, like start with the um, with the NFL, right? Four, five, depending on where you shop, different guys were the favorite at one point to go with the first overall pick in the NFL draft, right? So that, like, lumping, I think lumping that in with what we have seen both in the NBA and the NHL, I think is disingenuous. The market had no idea sure. who was going until late. Sure. Right? And part of what this is, and like Frank, like, like Schwab writing this, like, it's an interesting story and all that. I also think that 
sportsbook directors are more than willing to talk about this because it's the one event that they lose on in a year, yep. right? The other part of this is these are events which, for most parts, are heavily limited at a lot of books. So even if you're getting money down, you are heavily limited to what you're betting. And because it's informationally based, yes, we had two weird events happen with Paolo Bencaro and I'm sorry, but I don't know the name of the first overall selection in yeah. the NHL draft. Um, those were really odd, right? But more often than not, a guy like Tywin Walker, Trayvon Walker, who went first, by the time that news was coming out, he was minus 500, minus 600, minus 700 on a prop that's heavily limited. I don't think, and by the way, that's the only thing, right? You're not getting that information on the second overall pick. You're not getting that information on the third overall pick. You're not getting that information on how many running backs are going in the first round. Oh, oh no. That is going to happen. No, it's not. Oh, it is. No, it's not. No, what what is happening? And I know there's there there's been rumors about what happened with these picks, which is very disturbing, right. very troubling about what could have happened with why this information was out. Uh, but now, if we're expanding, all we're doing is expand. We're going to make more and more opportunities to bet. And I, I what my thoughts are, there is not going to be anybody. Let's just take a team. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make any real world example. I'm right. not trying to make a real world example at all. Let's say you are the whatever lead scout in the room for the team that is picking 23rd overall and you know who you know who you're picking not okay. you know a little bit before or you know where you're gonna go or there's rumors of the trade whatever I don't think you have any I don't think you're you don't believe you're doing anything wrong to tell people what you're doing at that pick right but at what point of the draft there's one shop that offers in-game wagering on the draft and now it's just the NFL draft, and that's sure. DraftKings. No, but what I'm saying is, is these we're only going forward. We're only expanding. Sure, that's going to be everybody doing that. Are you sure? Because this is the one thing that bookmakers will complain sure. about, right? Because because it's again, I don't like using the word. It's this. These events are fixed. No, they're not. They are. We, we're watching. We, we've seen two events take place, and all of a sudden, it's like got to do away with it. No, yeah, because yeah, nobody's going to stop. They're not fixed. Again, fixes are – I don't know what word to use for They're not predetermined. They're not out. whatever. But again, it is predetermined. They know who they're picking. And they tell again, somebody. I just gave you the example in the NFL. The NFL, every nobody knew anything with the first overall pick until like a week out. Right. And then, and but then, then they knew it. Yes. And then he was minus 500 on a heavily limited bet. Sure. But people got in there. And then and then other people are going to the window and making bets on information that most people don't have. And yeah, it's on not, one of it's, the many things that are available for a draft right, but, why, but anytime that's that's exa- ex- uh, we can talk about more about this <laughs> we're gonna we'll go big five's coming up we have an even better gambling story don't worry oh. sports betting gets great